Do your friends and family members think you've joined a cult whenever you mention Bitcoin or blockchain? Well, you aren't alone. The fact is, the vast majority of people fall into one of these camps. They've never heard of Bitcoin. They've heard of it, but believe it's related to criminal activities. Or they've heard of it, but think it's just a crazy fad. Consider this episode a pocket guide to Bitcoin that you can invite your friends and family to listen to along with you. We're going to break it down in terms that are easy to understand, and of course, we're going to have some fun along the way. So watch the lights go on over people's heads as they begin to see how this revolutionary technology is changing the world for the better. We're here to talk about magical internet money. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Gather around and friends, family members, those who think that we're full out nuts and those who are sure that we are. We're glad you're here. This is the Bad Crypto Podcast. My name is Joel Kamm. I'm a 22-year internet marketing veteran and author of 15 books and an eternal 12-year-old. And with me is also author and speaker, MarTech expert, Mr. Travis Wright. Yes. Hello, Joel Kamm. Great to be here with you on episode 53, 54, 53, 53. 53. Oh, man. Don't get ahead of us. Now, for a lot of people, this might be their very first exposure to our show. And this is actually designed with you in mind. But for those of you who have been listening all along, this could act as a good refresher for you. I want to give you a quick shout out for our show sponsor this month, the Zilla app. It's going to be releasing in beta very shortly, and you have to pre-register for it. If you want to keep up with the latest ICOs, you'll be able to do that by downloading this app to your smartphone, and you can look through them. You can vote for whether or not you like them, and depending upon where you live in the world, you may be able to invest in some of these ICOs with a simple tap. Pre-register for the limited Zilla beta app at zla.io forward slash bad. Uh, Travis, we've had a lot of people go down the rabbit hole with us since we've started the show, haven't we? Yes, we have. And, you know, we've been doing this show now for about four months and we're sitting at about 650,000 downloads of our show in those four months, which is just unbelievable to us. And so if this is the first time you have heard uh, the Bad Crypto Podcast, welcome to the family. You said 650,000, right? Yeah, if we do all the math, we add them all up. That's 650,000. We've counted them all by hand. We made sure that the Russians did not hack the numbers. And, and there were uh, no hanging chads. There was <laughs> very good. So so Joel, what is what is this Bitcoin stuff? How how does it work? Digital money? How, you know, how, what is that? It's not just digital money, Travis. That's it's magical. Internet Let's get into it. 
the world is changing. You know, here we are and we're in a very digital age and there's some amazing things that are taking place that a lot of people just really aren't quite aware of how the world is changing under their nose. You know, if we look back through history, Travis, we can see that there's been a lot of various disruptions, right? We went from a um, an agrarian age to an industrial age, and that disrupted a lot of society, right? And then we went from an industrial age to an age of technology, and that changed how we did a lot of things. Um, you know, for example, today it's ubiquitous for us to all have iPhones, right? Do you remember, Travis, in 2007, who was the cell phone leader? Do you remember? Um, Nokia? Nokia? Yeah. Probably Motorola? Nokia was was number one. They had market dominance, and, and, you know, I would venture to say they were probably cocky about it. They probably thought, you know, just like Blockbuster Video, always thought they would be the place to go for rentals, and along came Netflix. Um, you know, along came stores like Target that disrupted the old, uh, you know, Woolworths and Sears department stores, and along came Amazon. And it's disrupted all retailers. You know, we've changed how we've shopped and bought. And Apple came along with their iPhone uh, 10 years ago. And now, you know, you most people have either an iPhone or an Android smartphone that came after the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And the phone market's completely changed. Well, in the same way, there's a lot of industries that are primed for being disrupted because of this technology we call blockchain. And the most common term that people identify with when they hear about blockchain is this cryptocurrency that's called Bitcoin. So, Travis, why don't we lay a little bit out there about what is Bitcoin? Right. So Bitcoin is a it's this digital currency and that is created and is held electronically. But what's interesting about it is nobody controls the ecosystem of Bitcoin. There is no Bitcoin headquarters, okay? They aren't printed like they are dollars or euros or pounds, right? I've always had a problem with dollars because the Federal Reserve Bank can print out as many as they want, and there's no cap to them. And so since 1913, when the dollar was first, you know, uh, uh, brought into the scene, the value of the dollar has actually decreased substantially over time. You know, back in the day, you could buy, uh, you know, some eggs for maybe 10, 15 cents, right? And then now how much are they, right? So the buying power of the dollar has decreased over the last 100 years by 96%. And and not only that, Travis, but those eggs that you bought all those years ago have gone really bad. They're spoiled. We probably ought to throw them out. Like that, Maybe that's what's smelling up my fridge. So... <laughs> It's not just that, Travis, but who controls the money? You say the feds, mm-hmm. right? They're the ones that control it. Well, the Think fed. About- The Fed. Think about how we do transactions now, right? We have a relationship with a bank. We open a savings account, a checking account. We get a credit card from them. It's a very centralized method of doing financial transactions. The bank keeps a ledger of your money and your transactions. And if you're being good, you're keeping a ledger as well. But you're the only ones. If there's a dispute between your ledger and in their ledger, you got to fight it out with the bank. And there's all kinds of errors that are conducted in the financial sector. And there's a lot of crime because it can't be traced uh, because it is so centralized. 
Uh-huh. And so that's a problem. Yeah. And there's there's been issues in some countries like, you know, Greece had some financial problems recently. Uh, so did Iceland. So did Cyprus. And what happened in Cyprus is, you know, once the banks, you know, and the currency was, was starting to burst, the bubble was starting to burst. They would literally take the money out of their bank accounts. The banks would hold it. And that was now their money because the bank instead was it would be insolvent if they didn't take some of your money. So uh, that's what happens when a, when a bubble sort of bursts. The money you have in the bank can disappear. Well, and so this leads to all kinds of problems. And, and one of them is that not only do the banks have the power and the federal government have the centralized power. But because of that, we're forced to pay all kinds of crazy fees to transact. You know, if you want to send a wire transfer from one person to another, it's going to cost you 10, 15, 20 dollars. If you want to send an international wire transfer, you're looking maybe at 40 or 50 dollars. Well, depending you, on how much you're sending, actually. And right. And the thing is, so I live in Kansas City. So if I want to maybe send some money to the Philippines, it would go from Kansas City to New York to the city of London. It would then go to Switzerland. Then it would go to Hong Kong and then it would go to Manila. Now, every time that happens, those banks along the way, they're taking a nice piece of that. And that transaction could take days before it actually clears. In fact, I just had that happen. We mentioned on a previous episode, I deposited a check and that check is still I still do not have access to all the funds that were in my hand, right, in the form of that check because the bank plays with that money for as long as they can and they don't pay out any significant kind of interest. And so, you know, the the world is changing. And a gentleman who goes by the name Satoshi Nakamoto, we don't know if that's his real name or not, but in 2008, he wrote up a document, which is now the infamous Bitcoin white paper, that laid out a plan for a new decentralized form of digital currency that would become trustless, that would be based on consensus, that would be based on performing very precise and complicated mathematical computations across a network of computers all over the world in order to keep a decentralized ledger that would verify and validate every transaction so that there would be no disputes and so that whenever money was sent from one account to another, it two other things would kick in. One, the transaction fees would be incredibly low. The transaction would also be fast, you know, supposed to be about 10 to 15 minutes for a Bitcoin transaction, and it would be completely anonymous. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so keep that in mind. What has happened is, you know, there are people who are running, who have computers all over the world, and they're using this software, and this software basically has that open ledger of all the transactions that have occurred on the blockchain. Now, What's happened as a result of that is no one controls all those computers. Those are all independently owned. But whenever a transaction happens, it gets broadcast to the entire network. So everyone sees that this transaction has is, is happened. It doesn't see that Julie Smith just sent Joel Com $10. It sees these big, long, you know, characters, long list of characters. And that's what they see. This has transferred to this. That way, it ensures that I can't send Joel $10 and then also send Julie Smith the same $10. It's not like an MP3 or a Word document where you could send an exact duplicate. The way that this cryptocurrency is set up is 
you can only send that to one person and it's provable because people are verifying those transactions all around the world. So that makes it unhackable. Nobody's been able to hack the Bitcoin algorithm because it's such a complex mathematical process. And so now you, the people, we are empowered to be able to store a currency, store wealth, and be able to use that storage of wealth to send uh, and transmit funds from one to another quickly anonymously at very low costs and we're the ones that are empowered when this takes place Mm -hmm. and it's not like dollars or euros where the central bank uh, prints the money right so they can print it up it's unaccountable to the people we don't know how many have ever been printed the federal reserve bank has never been audited we don't know how many dollars there actually are we're just taking their word for it They can turn the printing presses on all night long, every day, and keep printing and churning out these dollars. And over time, what happens is that devalues our currency. So $1 today, you know, actually today, the dollars you have in your pocket, those dollars are worth the most they will ever be worth right now. And then tomorrow, those are going to be because inflation happens. And the more dollars that come into the system, the less that your dollars can actually purchase. However, With Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, there are a finite amount of them, and it's Uh, tracked. There's only 21 million Bitcoins that will ever be created. Now, that right there is really important to understand. Since we don't know how many dollars, you know, fiat money is what we call it, how many dollars there actually are in the world, to understand that there's only 21 million of something, that means supply and demand kicks in like never before you know think of a concert for example you know what your favorite star is showing up at the arena and there's only 15,000 tickets 15,000 seats to go see whoever it is your favorite artist is well when those seats sell out guess what happens the value of the price of a seat goes up and this is where the scalpers are able to sell tickets for a lot more money now they're controlling that market as best as they can but with a cryptocurrency like bitcoin the market decides the value of the coin so you know years ago when bitcoin first came out and the original coins were mined they were pretty much worthless until somebody came along and said hey i'll give you ten thousand bitcoin for a couple papa john's pizzas and the guy took it and all of a sudden there was value attributed to them Mm -hmm. and the value of bitcoin started going up to 10 cents and a quarter and a dollar yeah all the way up now it's over eight thousand dollars but you mentioned a key point there, Joel. You talked, you said Bitcoins are mined and, and they're mined using computing power that is in this distributed network. Now, you don't have picks and shovels and you're actually mining them. Uh, could you maybe explain how the mining system works? Right. So the Bitcoin actually exists in their totality out in the, I guess, the the ether, you could say, right? We know that there's a finite number of them, but in order for these computers to uh, do these complex mathematical computations, the people who own these computers, they're known as miners, they need to be rewarded for allowing their processor power to validate these different transactions. So what happens is when they are one of the computers that do validate and bring consensus to a transaction, they get Bitcoin. 
They pull it out of the mining pool. You know, we said there's 21 million ever. That 21 million is not going to be fully mined until the year 2140. As of today, about 16 and a half million have been mined. So every time a Bitcoin transaction takes place, more Bitcoin are brought from the the pool that's out there into circulation. Mm -hmm. Every 10 minutes, what happens is is all the transactions that happen within those 10 minutes uh, are then put into a block. Okay, there's this block of transactions that now need to be solved. And what happens is, is Though everyone who has the Bitcoin mining software on their computer now gets notified that all of these transactions are now in this block and now they need to be solved. And so they're using their processing power. They're trying to solve this big mathematical equation. And once that's solved, what happens is, is they get an incentive and maybe one person solved it. And so they get all of the incentive, which right now would be 12.5 Bitcoin every 10 minutes is created. Uh, but a lot of times people are pooling their power together, their processing power together in large mining pools. And that, that's a whole other subject. Don't necessarily worry about that. But when Bitcoin started, every 10 minutes, they created 50 Bitcoins. That was the reward. All right. And then after after two, what is it? What is it? 240,000 transactions or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then it's that it halves. And so then for the next four years, it was 25 Bitcoin. Every 10 minutes was populated whenever those blocks were solved. Boom. And then now it is halved again. So now it's 12.5 Bitcoin every 10 minutes. And it will keep having and keep having until Joel mentioned until the year 2140, where Bitcoin is just a very small amount that's then being released out into the population. So this year, 2017, at the beginning of the year, Bitcoin was at approximately about 700 bucks about a year ago about $700 and now it's hit a high as of this recording of almost $8300 that is a thousand percent return why has it grown so much because well, it's magical it's magical internet money it's because people are beginning to understand the technology underlying Bitcoin, it's blockchain. And blockchain is not just disrupting digital currency as we understand it, but there's more to cryptocurrency than Bitcoin. In fact, there are over 1,300 acknowledged cryptocurrencies now that you can read about at coinmarketcap.com. And you'll see that together, these cryptocurrencies account for a market cap of what is approaching $250 billion. And each one of these currencies serves a different purpose to decentralize and disrupt an industry that will allegedly perform more honestly and more efficiently because of this tokenized system. And that's without going too far in depth because we really wanted to keep this, uh, you know, as straightforward and simple. And uh, Travis, I'm not sure we're doing a good job or not, but uh, maybe, you know, they've learned a little something that they Mm -hmm. didn't know before. Yeah. The really powerful thing about this, Joel, is the blockchain technology. Now, the fact that all these transactions go into the block, once they get solved, right, everybody gets notified that all these transactions are in the block. The block gets solved. Everybody gets notified that the block has been solved. Now, here's what's magical is when the block gets solved, boom, it goes into this chain of blocks called the blockchain. Once it is in this block, which is basically a distributed database, once it's in this block, it cannot be edited. 
It cannot be censored. It cannot be changed in any way. It is set in stone. It is beyond stone. It's almost like it's a fly stuck in amber, and you cannot get in there and change anything. Great visual. I like that, a fly stuck in amber. Yeah. I feel like a fly stuck in amber. <laughs> and that's what's great is that there's a, there's a, a master copy, and everyone has a, has a copy of this. Every node in the network comes to the same conclusion. All these transactions are updated independently. Everyone's transactions on, on the ledger. And so everyone has the exact same copy. And so what's phenomenal is that it's decentralized. You don't actually need a bank to go to it. And it's not just criminals who are using it. This has real world implications in so many areas. It's one of the biggest technological advances, in my opinion, since the Internet. And in fact, I believe we're actually in Internet 3.0 right now because of blockchain and cryptocurrency. Right. And we're talking big names. The banking system is developing their own cryptocurrency called Ripple so that they can have fast settlements between banks and between each other. We see American Express getting involved in blockchain. We see IBM getting involved with blockchain. We know that Amazon.com is hiring people that are blockchain specialists. Gang, this is here. It is here and it's not going away. It is going to disrupt every industry, including the one that you are in. And this is why we do this show to help people understand and to pay attention to what is going on around you. Otherwise, you're going to be like that person that says, man, I wish I would have you know, built a website. Back in 1999, you know, here we are 18 years later and I still don't, I still have a website. I wish I got in social media and built my Facebook following back in, you know, 2007 or 2008. Now I got to pay them a ton to do that. There are people that are predicting that Bitcoin is going to keep going up because remember, there's a limited supply and people are going to be chasing after it to, to get it. Remember, there's only 21 million. And in America, there's 320 million people. Just in America, in the world, there's close to 7 billion. So as you can clearly see, there's not enough Bitcoin to go around except that it is divisible into smaller units. In fact, it's divisible down to eight decimal points. So just like a dollar bill can be broken into 100 pennies one Bitcoin can be broken into 0. 0.00000001 units. One one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin is the smallest amount. Yeah. So there will be people that, you know, will never own a whole Bitcoin, you know, when they come in late in the game. But even if you own a fractional amount, that could end up being worth a lot. There are some predicting that Bitcoin is going to go to 100,000 over the next couple of years, some saying a half a million over the next three to five years. And the trajectory that it is on, uh, you know, again, if you would have looked just a year ago, you would have gotten it for under $1,000. And now it's over 8,000 with many people predicting that by the end of the year, 10,000. Yeah. So you can learn a lot more if you listen to our show, go do your own research. In fact, there's some great videos on YouTube that actually explain it, I think, better than we did. Uh, but this is what you get. This is why we're the bad crypto podcast, because we're still learning and figuring this stuff out as we go and just want to share it with you. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, right, conventional currency – you know, in the past, it was based on gold and silver, right? You've seen the silver coins from, you know, pre-1964. 
Well, in 1964, now all of the all of the coins out there were no longer, you know, gold, silver or gold. Right? And actually, in 1933, Roosevelt he actually made people turn in their gold and 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 turn it in because now they were using the paper dollar. So, uh, and then in 1971, Nixon uh, got rid of the gold standard. So our dollars are not based on gold or silver. It is based on the government said so. <laughs> it's worth this much because we said so, right? Well, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency isn't based on gold or silver either. It's based on mathematics. It's based on these provable, you know, trustable, decentralized, anonymous, transparent, n- decentralized network that uh, it's the most unbelievable, uh, you know, technological advance in money since, since but uh, way back in the day. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Travis, it's not just money. It's magical. Internet money. It is. Well, I hope this has been helpful. Thanks for listening to this episode, this different episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast. If you're new to the show, we invite you to subscribe. And you can go to iTunes. You can go to Stitcher Radio. You can go to Google Play. You can go to Spotify or iHeartRadio. We're in all these places. And subscribe there. Start at the beginning. If this is new to you, listen to episode number one and then episode two and then episode three because it's kind of serialized what Travis and I have done here. And eventually you'll get caught up. You can skip around if you want to. Nobody's watching. Uh, But We think that as you go down this rabbit hole, you'll also get excited about the changes that are happening. This is not theory anymore. This is happening, and your world is changing. The question is whether or not you are going to be ready for those changes. Absolutely, and there are a lot of different topics that we go into depth. Those first five to 15 episodes, we're talking about what is Bitcoin? Why should you use Bitcoin? How do you store your Bitcoins? How do you stay safe and secure? Well, how do you sell it? And how do transactions work? Who's this Satoshi Nakamoto dude? What's this Bitcoin mining? What's Litecoin? What's what's Ethereum? Blockchain? What's that? What's this distributed lever stuff? Uh, ledger. So there's a lot of things that, you know, that sound like a foreign language to you right now, but there's so much to learn. And once you start diving down the rabbit hole, you're going to get really excited because you can see, and here's something to think about. Right now, we all have, we're all carrying these smartphones, right? And we know we used to have, you know, these, these, the modems that were so slow. And then you got 2G. And, and then we got right. 3G. And then we have 4G LTE now, but 5G is coming within two years from now. 5G, we're going to have 30 gigabit connections connecting to our smartphone devices. We have this Internet of Things happening, AR, VR, artificial intelligence, deep learning, machine learning, all of these technology advances that are happening right now. And obviously, digital money is the way of, you know, trading and, and paying for stuff in the future. It's, it's just obvious that's what's happening. You either see it now or you'll see it then. And then the ones who see it now are going to be way happy that they saw it now. Believe us now and thank us later. Yeah. We're, yeah. Here, to, we're here to pump your up. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm Joel Com, And on behalf of myself and Travis Wright, thanks for listening. Hope to, uh, to hear from you guys and what you think of the show. And if uh, you are a family member or a friend or associate of somebody who has asked you to listen to the show, we hope that this has been a very special time for you. And we like to end our shows. How do we like to end our shows, Travis? We like to say, isn't that special? No, no and, that's not right. That's not no, right. We, we don't. We don't do that. Well, isn't that? No, it's not. Stay. No. No. <laughs>
stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.